practice. Romans chapter 12. And you know these verses. I hope you have these verses memorized. Important verses in the Word of God. But there's a particular phrase I want to focus our attention on together this morning. Ask God to help us with. Romans 12 verse number 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The presentation of our bodies as a living sacrifice, that is a decision that must be made intentionally. It is not something that happens on accident. That is something that happens on purpose. And if you've never come to that point of decision where you've surrendered your life to the will of God, that is a necessity. That is a must. That is a decision that, that has to be made. You have to choose, God, I'm giving you my body, soul, and spirit I want you to accomplish your will through my life. The word we use to describe that oftentimes is surrender. We have the invitation and we sing the song, All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. And many times the best place to make a sacrifice is on an altar. And understand, we don't, we don't butcher animals at the front of the church building, but many times when, when young people or older people want to make a decision in response to preaching and say, God, I give you my life, I surrender to your will, I want to be a living sacrifice, I, I want my life to be my offering to you, they'll make that decision at an altar. And that's a good thing to do. That's an important Thing to do. The importance of this decision is underscored by the verbiage in the verse. The, the Holy Spirit says, I beseech you, I beg you, I, I plead with you. It's, it's Paul the Apostle writing the word, but it's not Paul the Apostle down on his hands and knees. It's, it's the Holy Spirit, and he's not begging us because he needs us. So much as he's begging us because he knows how badly we need this. Does that make sense? When the Holy Spirit says, I am begging you, I am beseeching you, please pay attention to this. Just because what is about to be said is so vital and so important and will do your life so much good. Understand, when God tells you something, it's for your good. When God gives commandments, it's for our good. When God says avoid that, it's because it will hurt you. When God said go with this, it's because it will help you. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, look at the phrase, by the mercies of God. The reasoning behind the decision that we're called upon to make is the fact that God has already been so so good to us. We, we have to have times where we stop and think about that. Where we stop and consider that. Where we stop and remember that. That's why it's so good to come to church and sing the songs. Because it reminds us how good God is. 
That's why it's so important throughout the week to speak yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs because we have to be reminded of how good God is. That's why it's so important for you to have a time in your day where you spend time with God and pray to Him because it helps remind you how good God is. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things He hath done for you. Just thinking about this morning. He's the reason you have life. He's the reason you have breath. He's the reason that everything you have, every good and perfect gift is from above and coming down from the Father of lights. With whom is no variableness, neither shadow turning. The only reason you're saved and on your way to heaven instead of lost and on your way to hell is because God has been good to you. The reason you have the friends that you have here this morning is because God has been good to you. The reason you have the family that you have this morning is because God has been good to you. You say, preach, you know my family. You could have it a lot worse. God's been good to you. The health that you enjoy that allows you to be here is because God is merciful. Every blessing we have just as God is good. And when we we think about that, what does the end of the verse say? To present your bodies living sacrifice, holy stuff, God, which is your which is your reasonable service. Let's write some words on the board this morning. This will probably not help keep your attention, but we'll try anyway. Reason of all. What is, difficult question, somebody other than here's the answer. What is the root word of reasonable? You want to say it? Reason. Bunch of geniuses here today. Alright, reason. What does it mean to reason? Well, it, it, it means to think about something and to come to a logical conclusion. And when we think about the mercies of God, the, the beginning of the verse is, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. So it's really more than just the mercies of God. It's everything that's been discussed up to this point, Romans 1 through 11. We don't have time for that in Sunday school today. But when we think about all of that, the logical conclusion we come to is that really the only thing that I could reasonably do is present my body a living sacrifice to God. It just makes sense that I would give God my life, my dreams, my ambitions. I would let him be king. I would give him dominion. I would ask him to sit on the throne of my heart and guide my choices and, 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 and give me direction and lead me the way I should go and tell me what to do and tell me who to hang around. I, it just makes sense that I would do that. Right. It is reasonable service. But in order, in order for us to arrive at that conclusion, we have to stop and think. And it's a decision that must be made in the mind. And you know what's great about a meeting like, like we had this weekend? We get together and we block out the world and we have this very concentrated and focused 
two days, three days, four days, whatever it is, where it's Bible, 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 hymns, 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 Christians, 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 and our minds begin to clear, and we begin to think logically, and oftentimes it'll lead to decisions being made at an altar where young people are saying, I will surrender my life to the will of God, and that is a blessing. That is a wonderful thing. That is an amazing. It's a great thing. It was, it was a blessing to me, to Brother Summers, to Pastor Knox, to your youth leaders. This weekend, past two days, three Bible messages. And, and I'm being honest, wonderful attention to the preaching. It, great spirit in the meeting. Good attitudes. If there was a rebel, they were the minority, not the majority. I mean, seriously, God really helped us. And, and, and people responded to the messages. And I believe decisions were made. And I'm excited. God answered prayer. Praise the Lord. But I, I want to give you a, a sobering thought and continue the passage. How many young people in your church have gone to meetings like the one you went to this weekend and heard the same preaching you heard and made the same decisions you made and gave the same testimonies that some of you gave but then went from that meeting and made decisions that ruined their lives. And this morning they are anywhere but a church house worshiping God and listening to preaching. Is, is that not the honest truth of the matter? It is possible to come to a youth rally, a Bible conference, a camp meeting, a revival service, a missions conference, whatever, whatever your church has, and there's all this hype, and there's all this excitement, and there's wonderful preaching, and you make good decisions. And your life is never going to be the same. And yet many of those people who at that time find it reasonable to present their bodies a living sacrifice to God, they go from that and somehow change their minds. And their life goes a different direction. Right? What I'm not saying this morning is that what we did is pointless. Not saying that. I believe it's a biblical principle. Three times the Hebrews were called to gather, three times a year. Three times a year the Hebrews were called to gather at the temple for a special time where they set aside everything else and just worshiped God. I think God knows it's important sometimes for us to recalibrate. For us just to get away, for us to block everything out and, and, and focus and remember some things. But the decisions that you make at a meeting like this, they do not guarantee that you're going to follow through on making your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is important that you make that decision and if you never have, you, you must. But having made that decision, it is, it is only the first step in 
the right direction. Surrendering your life to the will of God, that is not the step that gets you across the finish line. That is the step that gets you to the starting block so you can begin the race. Does it make sense what I'm saying? Continue the thought into verse number two that there has to be something more. Verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here's what we have. Verse one, lay your life down on the altar. Surrender your life to the will of God. It just makes sense. D.L. Moody said this. I'll put it in your bulletin. The problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. That's pretty perceptive. I mean, the Old Testament sacrifice they made, there was no chance that animal was coming off because it was dead. And dead animals typically don't move when they do freak you out. But if we're a living sacrifice, we, we have a tendency to renege. On that decision. <laughs> Alright? And it's, it's not the decisions you make. It's the decisions you keep. That are going to matter. So what is it that will lead to real life transformation? Because our aim and our objective in going through the time and the labor and the investment... Of having meetings like this and, and your youth leaders taking time off from work and driving all that way with you in a van. The reason for all that is they, they wanted to change your life. We're not just trying to see, okay, how many people can we get to come so we can say we had 130 at the youth rally. We're not just trying to see how many people can we, so we can have a record size school. I mean, I have a report this is sort of this morning. I have so many teams in high school. That's not the point. The point is not to see who can eat the grossest food the fastest and then puke it out. I mean, <laughs> we do that, but it's not the point. The point is your life to be changed. The point is to see you not now, to see you in 10 and 20 years serving God, bringing your young people back. Right? So what is it that can take us from laying our life down on an altar and considering it reasonable service to actually, actually having a changed life? Our lives being transformed. The key to life transformation, verse number two says, is the renewing of your mind. You lay your life down on an altar, sacrifice, when you, when you consider reasonable service, you think that makes sense. That is what I ought to do. But then that, that decision, it has to be renewed on a constant basis if your life is going to be transformed. All right? So the question that I want to answer in the next 15 minutes, because I've taken half my time, is what does it mean? To let your mind be renewed. How can I, from the Bible, renew my mind? So that I can ensure that my life is really transformed. It wasn't just an emotional decision at a hyped up meeting. It was actually something that is carrying over into my life. The, the first way is found in the immediate context. It's right there in the verse. Romans 12, 2. And be not 
conformed to this world, but be transformed. Okay? Not one, but the other. If you want this to happen, this can't happen unless that happens. Your mind will not be renewed unless you're not conformed to this world. You know the reason why so many people, so many people and young people and older people alike come to meetings, make decisions, and then their life goes back to exactly the same as it was before because their life goes back to exactly the same as it was before. They go back to the same things that they, that, that, that they put in their eyes, the same things that they put in their ears. It's exactly what the preacher was saying last night. Go back to the same shows, the same movies, the same music, the same friends, the same lifestyles. Those things all lead to a way of thinking that lead to a way of living that you just got done repenting of. And if you go back to all of those same influences, there is no possible way you can actually expect your life to be different. If you go back to the same old things, you're going back to the same old life. If you want your mind to be renewed, you have got to stop putting into your mind worldly influences, ungodly influences, something that's going to take you away from considering it reasonable service to give your life to the will of God. You can't go back to the same old things and expect your life to be any Different. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. So reasonable service, renewing of your mind is the key to life transformation. How can my, how can my mind be renewed be not conformed to this world? Look at verse number 22 in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22, the Bible says that you put off concerning former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the seedful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Does that sound familiar? That's Romans 12 too. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man which after God's created righteous and true holiness. So we've got two things. In verse 24, we need to put on the new man. That is, that is be different. But in order to put on the new man, verse 22, you've got to put off the old man. When you change clothes, you don't just put fresh clothes on top of the stinky clothes. That would be ineffective. You've got to take off the dirty, stinky, sweaty, smelly junk you had on and then bathe and then put on something new, something fresh, something clean. In order to put on the new man, you have to put off the old man and both of those are involved in renewing your minds. The word that describes this is separation. And separation is not a popular word. It's not a bad word. It's not a scary word. Separation is not God and the preacher trying to control your life and ruin your fun. That's not what it is. Separation is just removing yourself from those influences that would cause you to consider it a reasonable service to give your life to the will of God. That's all that it is. Separation is avoiding temptation. Separation is loving not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for the world passed away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God 
shall abide forever. You can't prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God and be conformed to the world. You've got to make a choice between the two. You've got to be Moses. You've got to refuse some things. You've got to be Moses. You've got to forsake some things. Be not conformed to this world. There's a lot of misunderstanding about what separation is. Separation is not a mark of spirituality. Being separate does not make you spiritual. Now, here, here's what being separate is. It's, it's having the, the right vocabulary. It's having the right influences. It's, it, it, it's having the right outward appearance. All of those things are involved in separation, but that's not what makes you spiritual. But you can't be spiritual without it. You understand the difference? Separation is not the end, but it is the means to the end. If I want my life to be transformed, I have to be separate. I have to be separate so that my mind can be renewed. Okay? Being separate does not mean I've arrived at the mark. Being separate is a way, is something I have to do to press toward the mark. Okay? That's the first. Come to Colossians 3. I'll give you the second. Colossians chapter 3. How can my mind be renewed? Number one, separation. Number two, knowledge. Colossians chapter 3. And verse number 10. What are you guys that has that? Go ahead and read it for me. Out loud. And it put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created. Okay, there's our word renewed. Renewed in what? Renewed in knowledge. Look how it attaches to the passage we just read, Ephesians 4. Look at verse 9. Lie not one another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds. You see the connection? All right, so we're still on the same topic. And the second way to renew our minds is to be renewed in knowledge. Where do you think this knowledge comes from? Anybody have a guess? Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causes to err from the words of knowledge. That's Proverbs 19.27. Proverbs 23.12. Apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears unto the words of knowledge. Okay? So to be renewed in knowledge means, means you've got to get this book. You've got to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That's, 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 that's what the preacher was talking about. Psalm 19. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I besought thee, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, listen. If the only time you read your Bible is when you go to church, there is no possible way your life is going to be changed by it. If the only time you pay attention to preaching and take notes is when somebody's throwing candy at you, don't expect the preaching to change your life. If the only time you memorize verses is because you're tired of the guys losing and you really want to win, I'm not, I'm the one pushing the incentive. But the reason is just to get you focused on something that's so important and it ought to be a part of your life regardless of what the momentary incentive is. High God's word in your heart. 
Let it dwell in you richly that the man in Psalm 1 blesses man that walketh not the counsel of the godly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law in the meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth his fruit to season. His leaf also shall not wither. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What's the Bible saying in Psalm 19, 97? Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. If your mind is going to be renewed, it's through you spending time in this book. It's from you being faithful to the house of God so a preacher can open the Bible and help you remember how reasonable it is to serve God. Renewed in knowledge. Let's come to Psalm 51 for the third one. Psalm 51. How can my mind be renewed so my life can be transformed? This is all very basic, very simple. But it makes sense. Psalm 51, verse number 10. David's great prayer of repentance. Psalm 51. In verse number 10, the Bible says, Create in me. Why don't you read this with me? Let's all read this together, this verse, Psalm 51 10. Here we go. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do you see the word? Renew. David is praying to God and making this request. Let me say it again. If the only time that you pray is when you go to the altar to respond to a message, that prayer is not going to change your life. This has to become a habit. This has to become a daily occurrence. You're going to have to go to God on a consistent basis and say, God, help me not forget the decisions that I made. God, help me remember the commitments that I made to you. Lord, keep me on the right path. Guide my steps and lead me in the truth. Burden me for souls. Prayer is going to play a huge part in getting your mind recalibrated on a daily basis because the flesh is wired for you to think differently. The world is designed to get you to think differently. These are intentional steps we're going to have to take for our minds to be renewed, for our life to be transformed. I got one more coming by Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Look at verse 31. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 31. The Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a word. How can I be renewed by waiting on the Lord? Let's finish the verse. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faith. The Bible talks a lot about waiting on God. Doesn't he ever read through the Psalms and notice that phrase coming over and over? Wait on the Lord, I wait for the Lord, wait upon the Lord. Paul's like, what does it mean to wait on God? When we think of waiting, we think of sitting and something that's going to happen hasn't happened, so we have to be patient. How many of you are good at that? <laughs> I didn't think anybody would. I'm good at that. <laughs> that was my wife. 
Okay. So waiting, one of the connotations of waiting is patience, and that is that is true, but it has two meanings to life. In the verse, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How much strength is depleted when you sit on the couch? Not a lot. Right? It says they shall run and not be weary. They're not weary because they're not running, but they're running and God is renewing their strength. It says they shall walk and not faint. It's not that they're not fainting because they're not walking. They're walking but not fainting because God is renewing their strength. So the people who are waiting on God are doing something. Waiting on God does not mean sitting home doing nothing and checking the mailbox until he tells you what to do. When you go to the restaurant and you sit down and the person comes and says, what can I get you a drink? And then they take your order and then they refresh your beverage. What do you call that person? A, a waiter. He might come and say, I will be your server. A waiter is a server to wait on God. It, it might mean to, to be patient about the direction that he's sending, but it also means being actively involved in serving him. Again, you don't need your strength renewed if you're not doing anything. So waiting on God, yes, you... you you, you might be patiently waiting for his direction, but in the meantime, you're doing everything you can. That's what Brother Kyle preached about on Thursday night. If you want to know the will of God, the best thing you can do is do the will of God that you already know. So wait for your mind to be renewed is through separation, it's through knowledge, it's through prayer, and it's through service. Do, do you want your life to be changed? You want to look back on youth rally in 2019, the decisions you made, to be, to be like a, a turning point in your life. And what you need to do is go home and say, Pastor, I'm going to serve God. What can I do? You, uh, youth pastor, what ministry do you think I can be involved in? You need to find something to do for God. Because the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There are several churches represented here this morning, and all of them with more than two young people. Okay, we only have two from Old Paz, but they have more than me. All right? There is no reason your church's ministries should ever lack for people to be involved. Your church go to nursing home? Y'all be involved in that. Church go door knocking? It shouldn't just be the pastor and another old dude. <laughs> All right. Your church go out and do public evangelism, hold signs, pass tracks. I think you can fit that into your schedule. I understand school's tough, but but I promise you, we all think as soon as I finish school, my life is going to be so easy. <laughs> and then we all laugh about ever having thought that. Mm. Serve God. Find something to do. Take up a ministry. Minister to the people around you. Be a blessing. Put others first. Those are all ways for your mind to be renewed so your life can be transformed. I'm, I'm, I'm close with the testimony. 
I grew up in a good church like you grew, you're growing up in. I had, I had a good family like many of you have. I went to meetings like you went to. And I made decisions like many of you made. Uh, I, I say when I was somewhere around seven years old, right when I turned 13, when I surrendered my life to the will of God. Romans 12, 1. Regional service. Lay my life down on Osaka. I was really doubting my salvation. I got that settled the same day, surrendered to the will of God, May 1st, 1998. I'm 34, spare the math. I wanted to be a preacher. I was really serious about figuring out the rest of my life at 13 years old. I wanted to preach because Brother Joel Logan was a preacher, and I wanted to be just like him. I'm still working on it. Okay. I, but I heard you had to be called to preach, so I didn't know if I was allowed to do that. Like, and I just say I'm going to be a preacher. And so all summer long I prayed about it. There's a huge youth conference in Shawnee, Kentucky. You might have heard of it there. Louisville, Kentucky. Shawnee Baptist Church. Huge auditorium. Huge meeting. And one night the, the message was preached. And the invitation was given. And I couldn't tell you what the message was. And I'm not about to tell you who the preacher was. But the invitation was this. If you feel like God is calling you to full-time Christian service, and I understand we're all full-time Christians, just, just stay with me. If, God, if you feel like God is calling you to full-time Christian service, I want you to come to the platform. And as a 13-year-old boy, I got out of my seat, and I cried like a baby all the way to that platform and stood there. And the platform was full of people that made that decision. And then I cried like a baby all the way back. And that was embarrassing. I have no idea why I was so emotional. I've never been that emotional in my life outside of corporal punishment. <laughs> but that decision, it forever altered the course of my life. That's why I'm here this morning preaching the Bible. That's why I was up there yesterday leading you through because I made God, this is what I want to do. I believe you want me to do it. I'm going to follow you. But you know what? There, there were a lot of people on that platform that night. And I didn't know any of them then, and honestly, I don't, I don't know any of them now. I have no idea where any of them are, but, but, but would it be reasonable to assume they're probably not all in the ministry this morning? They're probably not all serving God today. Many of them, they probably ruined their lives. Hopefully not many, but, but probably some. What's the difference? You don't, it's not just about the surrender after you your mind. I went home and I kept reading my Bible. I went home and I got involved in the ministries at the church. I went home and I, I prayed more than just that one time at the altar. Right? So, hey, we're so glad that you came. We hope you had a good time. We're, we're so glad that you listened to preaching. Hope you made some decisions. But don't leave it there. Because that's not going to change your life. But if you renew your mind through separation, through knowledge, through prayer, through service, then God, God can keep that work going. And you can look back in 20 years and remember the decisions that you made and thank God for the blessings that you're enjoying as a result. That's what we want. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word, the instruction that it gives us, God, the good attention, again, to the Bible preaching, Bible teaching. Help these things sink down into our hearts, help us remember them and apply them 
And uh, God, I pray that you get glory from the, the lives of all these young men, these young ladies. They, they make good decisions, right choices, exercise wisdom, walk according to the light of your word. Bless us now in the church service. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.